everybody. Welcome to Drive to Review 580. Today we're going to take a look at Moons. Uh, this is a new game from Quick Simple Fun Games. It's a trick-taking game from two to six players. And you're going to be playing cards. There's going to be a variety of suits that are matched up with different planets, uh, Neptune, Jupiter, Saturn, and so on. And you're going to be playing out, dealing out all the cards, playing tricks with some twists, and trying to collect uh, little tokens that are uh, associated with different planets and there's also some funky sort of undercutting and things like that and some special uh, asteroid cards that are called in the game that you're going to be playing. So let's jump in and take a look at how it works and then I'll tell you what I think of it. Okay, here is all the components that you get in the game. Now the first thing to talk about is scoring. So each player uh, can get one of these scoring cards here. This is going to tell you how you get points and you're going to get points by collecting uh, these little planet tokens. You're going to be doing that by playing these cards. So each token is going to be worth a point all by itself. Now if you have three or more of the same kind, then those are going to become worth two points each. So if I have three of these, it would be six, four of them would be eight, and so on. And then if you get a set of all different, all four different ones, that'll be worth ten points. Now when you go to sort of combine these into different sets, you can't reuse the same token uh, in you know the multiple different sets there. Uh, so that's the scoring there at the end of the game. There are also some bonus scoring cards in this Asteroids deck. Now each player is going to be dealt two of these, and there's a variety of special abilities and little bonus scorings and things like that in here. Uh, you'll get two of these at the start of the game, and then you'll be able to draw more through the course of the game through the play of special asteroid cards that are in the Moons deck there. So you get two of these, and then no matter the number of players, you're going to take and deal out the entire deck of cards. Now inside of here, there are four sets, or suits, excuse me, to go with the four different planet types. And they go 1 through 14, and these are the different moons. So here's a moon of Neptune and a moon of... Uh, Saturn and so on. And it's this 1 through 14 and there's also four of uh, these special asteroid cards. Let me find one. See there's one there. And this one allows you when you play to take an asteroid card uh, from that little deck there. So you're going to shuffle them up and then everybody's going to have a hand. Uh, you've got here a sort of a start start player token so the first player in the game randomly will get this and then you're going to leave that in front of them and then move the Earth's moon token around the table. You're going to play the game until everybody's had a chance to be the dealer or until this has moved all the way around the table or this supply of moon tokens has been depleted. As soon as that happens the game will end as well and frankly that's the way the game seems to end at least for us uh, no matter the player count uh, instead of going all the way around. And then so that's going to happen there and this is a special blocker token which we'll talk about in a minute. But you're going to deal everybody the cards and then each player is going to take three cards. Let's just for fun take these three here and then you're going to put these face down in front of you. As soon as each player has three, you're going to do this every round, you're going to reveal them and then whoever played the highest card in their little display or tableau in front of you, in this case I've got a 13, then I would likely be the start player and I would have to lead the first trick. Now if there's a tie there, you're going to look at the second highest card of those that are tied and then third highest and so on. And then I'm going to start playing cards from my hand. So maybe I'll lead with a big 14. I'll put that out there. And then Billy will play a 4. Let's just say we're playing a 3-player game. And then the other player plays another Neptune card. Now, if you have a card that matches the suit or the planet that was led, you have to follow suit. If you don't have it, however, you can play off suit. Or even if you do have it, you can play one of the special asteroid cards. So that's a very interesting way to kind of 
uh, break up uh, the monotony of a trick-taking game, actually, uh, is to play one of these and sort of skip out on having to follow uh, that particular turn. Now, every time you play one of these asteroid cards, like I said, you'll draw a new asteroid card and you'll collect these. Uh, now, the other option on your turn is uh, some of these asteroid cards will have a special ability. Uh, some of these will just be bonus scorings at the end of the game. Uh, on your turn, you can, if you want, play one of these little mini asteroid cards. You'll do that, and then after that, then you can play uh, a moon card or, or one of these asteroid cards to get a new card to recover. So you can play these and, and then play your other card. Now let's look at an example hand here. So let's say Billy played a five, I played a two, Francesca played an 11, and then the next two players uh, don't have in that suit. So maybe this player plays the six, and then this one plays a three from Saturn. Now the winner of the trick will be the one that has the highest on-suit card. In this case, uh, it would be Francesca there. Now if Francesca can take uh, a token uh, from one of these planets here that matches one of the three that she put up at the beginning of the round. Uh, so you can see she can get Jupiter, uh, Saturn, or uh, Neptune. So she can grab any of those. So maybe she'll take uh, Neptune here and she'll add that to her supply. Now the player that played the lowest offsuit card, in this case whoever played Jupiter, will take a token matching that card that they played. So they will take, in this case, a Jupiter token. So if you get low offsuit, then you can get, gobble up uh, the tokens by playing low and offsuit. And if you win, of course, you have to match one of the three cards that you played there. Now there are special abilities here that I'm gonna allow you to do a couple things. Uh, one is you can actually trade a planet token. So I take one of my tokens and then get the token from another player. And you do that again as you play the moon card. And then the other type of trade card is to actually trade a card with one of the three cards that's in front of a player. And you can even trade with yourself. And this is very, very interesting because maybe you try to trade to get an offsuit card that's very low, or maybe somebody put out a very high on-suit card Maybe this was sticking in somebody's display, and you could take that and then play that one uh, to, you know, to win that trick. The other thing here is you have to take the uh, little blocker tokens here. So you'll take that, you'll put that in front of you. That'll stay in front of you until somebody else plays another card that'll take the token from you. But while this is in front of you, nobody can force any kind of trade like that on you. So they can't trade the planet tokens or the cards uh, with you. That'll protect you from that. And then you'll just kind of play out the whole hand, taking tricks. The winner of the previous trick will lead the following trick and so on. Uh, if you win no tricks uh, for a hand, you will be able to take kind of a, a pity token, we call it, uh, of one of the matching uh, planets that you played in your initial uh, display there. So if I didn't win any tricks, I could take either a Uranus or a uh, Neptune token there. Now, if I won the most tricks or I was tied for the player that won the most tricks, then I can choose any of the four tokens I want, doesn't matter. And again, you just keep playing, you reshuffle, you'll move this around, you'll set up three more new cards to act as your display, and then you'll just play some more hands. And you either play until everybody's had a chance to be quote unquote the dealer, or the supply of tokens uh, runs out. And that's it. Okay, so that is Moons. Uh, this one really has kind of surprised me how much uh, I've enjoyed it and also uh, my group at work, we played at lunch. Uh, we've all really gotten a good kick out of it. Now I haven't played it with two players, but I have played it all the way up to six players. And uh, it's worked, I think, fine at all the player counts. 
couple of the players kind of grumble about six players because, again, you deal out the whole deck no matter what. So you can kind of get, you know, not as many options because the cards are more diffused amongst all the players. I will say it's definitely best with probably four or five players. Uh, probably four players is the sweet spot because you get enough cards that you've got enough to have go on, but not for two player, which I haven't played, you get like, you know, half the deck, which... You know, like it could be fun, it could be serviceable, I think. Uh, but it's actually really, really interesting the way that the game plays out. Because it, it breaks a couple of the kind of fundamental rules, I guess, that you would say of the really older traditional trick-taking games, at least. Of, you know, you you want to kind of shed your your hand and, and be able to kind of go off-suit. Which is, you know, you, you want to do a lot of times as well in trick-taking games. Uh, but you can get in that and then you can start to gobble up the tokens off-suit. If you, if you have the low cards anyway. And then, you know, you're, you're winning more tokens, even though some other players might be winning more tricks. And you're not winning any tricks, but you're getting a bunch of tokens. Uh, so that's, that's pretty cool. And then you have the whole asteroid card thing where you can really try to pick and choose that time where you skip uh, having to be involved and having to lose a card of a suit that you don't want to use. And that'll give you kind of a cool special ability, which allows you to trade tokens, which is kind of take daddy. Um, but it's not too bad because they're, you know, everybody kind of gets them. And so, you know, when you're kind of going to build the different sets that, you know, if you've got like say three sets of all four different ones, somebody's going to try to target you and break that up because, you know, that's a, like a seven point swing or whatever, you know, going from 10 down to just the three points for those individual tokens. Um, now you've also, again, got some bonus cards in here. I don't think I showed any examples of that. But like this one here, these are kind of above and beyond your normal um, your normal scorings from the scoring cards. This one, if you have two Saturns, you just get an extra, what is it, four points there. Uh, so these are kind of nice too, and it gives you kind of more incentive as well to dig after those Asteroid cards. And if you get some of those dealt early, it gives you kind of a target of which um, tokens to go for early on. Uh, but the game gets especially interesting when you get to those later rounds, because as this token supply depletes, uh, let's say you run out of all the Neptune tokens, then if somebody were to win a Neptune token, they can't. So if you lowball with a Neptune card, nothing. You don't get anything if there's no Neptune tokens. Or if Neptune was one of the cards in your display, that's not one that you could choose because you've run out. And so that really starts to inform the three cards that you put out uh, at the beginning of each round because, okay, why would I put a Neptune card here? You know, maybe I'm trying to shorthand my Neptune card, so I might do that. But why would I put it in front of me? Because I'm not gonna be able to collect any. It's a choice I have, but if there's nothing in there, I can't get it. So that becomes a very interesting decision. And also the value of the cards that you put in front of you. Uh, you don't really wanna put super low cards because somebody could use one of those cards to swap and snag it and then lowball the trick if they're off suit and then get that. You don't wanna put really high cards because you know people could do the same thing, but you can also do it to yourself too. So uh, it's a real good, interesting decision there every round of what cards to kind of seed out there and sort of cut your hand with, but those cards are still used. You know, like in hearts and stuff, you'll pass them to the left or right or across and that whole thing. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting way to kind of break that up. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's very, very interesting. Uh, it was sort of odd, I would say, the first time that we played it, but after, you know, a couple of hands, we kind of started to get it. And then as we played it, uh, you know, more and more with different player counts and stuff, uh, it, it, it's really interesting. I definitely uh, recommend folks that like trick-taking games to give this a shot. I've, 
not a huge fan of trick-taking games. I'm more of a ladder-climbing game uh, person. and uh, But this, I think, is a great take on it, and I think this is one of my more favorite of that trick-taking genre, which, again, is not really a genre I go for, but this one does a lot of interesting things, and it really lets you tinker with and, and, and kind of chew on all of those, you know, okay, what do I do this card, the low cards, the high cards, the middle cards, you know, don't want to kind of put soft cards out there that aren't going to be too drastic. Um, but you can really uh, mess around with, you know, control of the board and stuff like that, or control of the hand. Uh, you know, you, you don't really, a lot of times, want to win a trick. You can kind of, you know, throw uh, certain cards in a certain direction so that you are kind of later in the hand and you can get to play later. So, there's some interesting stuff you can certainly do with this. And it plays pretty quick. It probably, what's the box say? The box says 30, 45 minutes. I would say, yeah. I mean, we've been playing with some of the, the higher player counts too. And that's certainly gonna go, I think, beyond 45 minutes. We played six players a couple times. And uh, yeah, that's gonna push an hour, I think. Just because there are some good decisions to make uh, in terms of every round, every hand, you're gonna have those three cards. And it's not an obvious play. That's kind of the one thing about trick-taking games is it's kind of interesting, like the first half of the hand and then the second half of the hand, it's like everybody's on autopilot because everybody's kind of locked in. Uh, if you play a lot of trick-taking games, you know, it's hard to explain this, but you'll, you'll kind of know what I mean. Halfway through the handoff and you're kind of like, okay, now we locked in, Billy was able to establish his dominance or whatever, or, you know, set up everything, you know, based on the cards that he was dealt. Uh, and now we're just kind of playing. But this one's interesting because it, it changes over the course of the hand and you're still able to possibly do a little bit of manipulation there. And then again, it also changes pretty drastically towards the last half of the entire game because the supply is depleted and you run out of Jupiter and Saturns and now it's, it's really tricky. Uh, and the game always seems to end like right at the right time, which is also cool too. Okay, so definitely take a look at this one, Moons, thanks.